welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Other Identity. My name, of course, is the great Landis, Robbie Landis, and along with me, as always, my stalwart companion, Professor Awesome, a.k.a. Ben. Ben, how's it going, buddy? Hello. Do you want to, um... We we have had yes no well, well, well look look it's look we we have a great show for you okay great it has show. been great show it has been a day um, but uh, this actually isn't the first time we're recording this particular part of the show um, so just so that you are aware in case there's any anachronisms uh, as we're kind of going through here is that we did record the second and third segment before this segment and then due to a few technical hiccups we had to re-record this segment yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't want to blame anybody or point any no. fingers because that's not what we do around here. But what I will say is it may have been the greatest opening segment we've ever recorded. And now it is lost no to history. It's lost yeah. to history. But that's you know what? Right. That's we, We're professionals. We, uh, we dust ourselves off and we get right back in the ring. <laughs> that's right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start with a uh, update on the villains bracket and ho ho yes. what an upset have we uh, as uh, predicted by us well, well you know actually I guess you know I, 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 I would actually, even say it's two upsets potentially really alright so the, the first round Magneto beat Loki um, right. I I feel like I expected that you but expected had, Magneto to win yeah but had Loki won I don't think I would have been surprised that was a closer one that was the one yeah. that I thought was going to be more of a uh, a foot race in that I think Magneto to me is the better villain but Loki has the higher profile currently I get that Magneto's in movies too but Loki's in movies that have been better received so and, I thought and Loki fangirls come on that's true. That's true. But but you know what? I think our second matchup taught us that maybe we are overestimating the value of the movie recognition. Here. That's right. Because in our matchup of Thanos versus Ultron, Ultron actually came out on top. What a huge win for you! It personally. is. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I fully thought the Thanos was going to win, like, like <laughs> yeah, above and away. That's right? what we've been, we've been yeah. predicting since we started this tournament, tournament, easy for me to say, that Thanos was going to steamroll everybody else and it was going to be very boring. The fact that Thanos got knocked off in the semifinals, the fact that it's by Ultron is a story in itself, but just that Thanos is out makes me very excited. Yeah, well, because I think that, that first of all, d- depending on how we look at it, like, if we look at it purely from, uh, like, a story standpoint, I think that Ultron is the more interesting character up until Thanos' portrayal, at least in the MCU, right? Um, but then even when you go down and look at it on a purely, like, sort of power-based level, I don't consider the, the gauntlet to be Thanos-specific. Right. right, because anybody can use it. So if it's just Thanos and his usual powers versus Ultron and his usual powers... Thanos and I Ultron think, straight up. I think in the end, Ultron would end up winning out. It's possible. Um, I think, look, I love Thanos and I love Ultron from their comic portrayals. I like Thanos more in the movies, but I know how you feel about Ultron, and that's a discussion we don't have time to get into. Um, but I do think this was... I, I think it's a closer it's a closer battle than I thought it would be, and I'm not upset at this at all. I'm mostly not upset because Magneto versus Ultron in the finals gives us our most Ben versus Robbie possible final. Kind Mag- of, yeah. I think so because Magneto's the guy I've been championing championing from the start. You feel very strongly about Ultron and have wanted him to score upsets all along the way. So I think this is. 
this is great. We couldn't have asked for a better final other than the fact that you're going to get killed. That, that, we'll see that 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 is the one thing is that um, especially from like a power based level, especially to the uninitiated or to the biased observer, I think a lot of people would say, well, Ultron's metal, so Magneto wins, period, hands down. But what you have to keep in mind is that Ultron is not the body itself, right? And I don't know that Magneto immediately has the ability to just be like, oh, all right, fine, your consciousness is gone, right? So I personally think it would be a lot more of an even fight, but we'll see what ends up could be interesting. out. It could on, be very uh, interesting. Yeah, we'll see what plays out uh, on next week's episode of The Other Identity. Make sure you head on over to the website, CheckpointXP.com, uh, to vote for that. Uh, before we get into the rest of our segment, which, by the way, very special guest uh, coming up here soon. And, yeah, uh, we probably we, should have talked about that earlier. <laughs> yes, and, and so w- when you catch us talking about how we think that Thanos is going to end up winning, that's because... We had uh, recorded that before we actually took a look at the results. So, again, one of those little time anachronisms there. Um, but, uh, Ben, uh, before we get into that, I wanted to know, was there anything uh, interesting that you've been reading lately? Well, of course, I've been doing our In Blackest Night reading challenge. So I've taken fo- a break to let you catch up. Thank you. You can take a long break to let me catch up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can follow that on both Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag In Blackest Night. But in addition to that... Thanks to uh, the recommendation of our friends over at the iFanboy podcast, for the first time in quite some time, I reread the classic DC New Frontier limited series that came out in the early 2000s from writer-artist Darwin Cook and colorist Dave Stewart. It's one of my favorite DC stories of all time. It's one of the most beloved DC stories of all time. Robbie, I don't know if this is necessarily for you or for everybody, because it's definitely very nostalgic and kind of retro, which I don't I don't think that's really your bag. But as far as look, this is a story that I actually love Hal Jordan in. I'll repeat, I love Hal Jordan in this story. Interesting. I'm I gonna think, make that my new cell phone. Right I think it's that's weird. I think <laughs> it's the best Martian Manhunter story. It's the best Barry Allen story. It's it's a lot of characters. Wow. Big chance to shine. There's great Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman stuff, but there's also a lot of fun things with like minor characters like King Faraday or the Losers. It's a love letter to uh, to what, for me, makes DC great. And that is, as I've talked about here on the show and on social before, the fact that their heroes are aspirational, the people we want to be, but they're still very human at the end of the day. So if you've never read DC New Frontier, uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's available on DC Universe. All right. Well, uh, I have, uh, of course, like I said, I've taken a bit of a break on the Blackest Night read. You're never going to catch up to me. I just no. needed a break for it. And uh, I've actually also kind of uh, taken a bit of a break on the Rebirth stuff as well to pick up a few more things over on the Marvel side. But we do talk about that actually with our special guest because uh, the material I'm reading is courtesy of her. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and let you guys get into that. But before we go on this quick break, I want to remind you to make sure you're following us on social media. That is at Checkpoint XP on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Robbie underscore Landis CP on Twitter and Ben at Ben J M O R S E. I have also been told by uh, sort of like our higher ups when it comes to analytics and stuff like that that uh, by telling people to like and subscribe to our stuff actually leads them to doing it more. So I will once again reiterate please make sure that you are liking and subscribing to all of our stuff and encouraging your friends to do so as well. Coming up next, very special guest. Stay tuned.
Hey, it's Weird Beard from Checkpoint XP reminding you to make it blue. Help say thank you to our heroes on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you're streaming, drawing, singing, cooking, or anything else, showcase your talents and hashtag light it blue. You can find more information at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the League and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Other Identity. Thanks for sticking with us so far. We promised the last segment that we had a special guest for you today, and uh, I'm really, really excited to welcome her here to the show. She got her start in comics writing licensed properties like Gem and the Holograms and Power Rangers before landing her Marvel debut during Secret Wars in 2015 with Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. She wrote the Eisner-nominated Hawkeye series starring Kate Bishop before signing exclusively with Marvel in 2018 and has since worked on Mr. and Mrs. X, Jessica Jones, Uncanny X-Men, West Coast Avengers, and more, and is currently writing Captain Marvel and Deadpool, as well as the recently launched Black Widow. So please welcome superstar Kelly Thompson. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, that's quite an intro. I was I, I wanted to make sure it was I wanted to make sure it was correct because I, I researched you extensively to make sure we included hopefully everything. Well, and we like to make sure that we're giving our guests the introductions they deserve. I actually uh, just started Mr. and Mrs. X uh, just the other day. I am a huge, huge Rogan Gambit fan, like going all the way back to the animated series in the 90s. Like they were my power couple. Like forget Joker Same. and Harley, forget Batman and Catwoman. It's those two, and you do such a phenomenal job writing them as well. Thank you. Um, I, they're the same for me, so we're, we're coming at them from the same place, <laughs> which always helps. So where we like to start, you know, whenever we have guests on the show is, uh, you know, we like to, to do what we think of as like the origin story, right? So to begin with, Kelly, take us back to your earliest memory of you when you remember falling in love with comics. Um. The real earliest memory is uh, buying Archie Digests at the grocery store checkout line, or rather begging my mother to buy them for me, um, which I would say worked like 50% of the time, which is pretty generous. Because That's she, pretty good for a kid, yeah. yeah. And she does not, she does not get comics, so uh, <laughs> I think it was particularly good, um, because I'm sure she was like, why am I buying this? I don't understand it. Um, so yeah, that was really the first thing. Um, but it was much later in life when I was about, when I was a teenager, like 15 or something, that the X-Men animated series came out. And yes. that, one. that led to me, like many people, that led me to sort of finding comics and, and the X-Men specifically. But, but more specifically, it led to me discovering the whole world of comics. Because like, when I was reading those Archie Digests, they were just a cool thing and I didn't understand I was I was both too small and too dumb to like get that there was a larger world you know like I didn't think about how they came out or who made them or you know what the deal was but that entry when I was a teenager became 
I became someone who went to comic shops. I became a Wednesday warrior who had a poll and who, you know, got involved in the whole thing of it, right? And like began to understand what comics really were and could be, you know? Incidentally, I've been doing an X-Men 90s rewatch since we've been in quarantine uh, to fill the time on Disney Plus. And I just got to, Kelly, you'll know what I'm talking about. I just got to the episodes in the fifth season where they switched the animation style. Oh, yeah. Where it got all like loose and weird. And what the immediate emotion I had was, oh, no, it's almost over. Because I'm like, (laughs) I was like, those are the last few episodes. They look all weird and crazy. But yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, Kelly, I also have to ask, growing up uh, at any point, whether it was when you were younger or, you know, like me, I actually got mine when I was a little bit older here. Was there is there like a, a superhero persona that you have? Like, like if you ever got to be a superhero, had your own set of powers, is is that something you think about or have tucked away somewhere? No, I, I would be so boring as a superhero. <laughs> All right. I, let me tell you, it couldn't I mean, be I, any I worse. I wish I could fly. But other than that, like. Yeah, it, it couldn't be any worse than uh, Ben over here, uh, Professor Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, even even to this day, even 17 episodes in, I'm not sure what his superpower is supposed to be. Is it just, is it homework, Ben? <laughs> no, it's no, it's being awesome. You're focused on the wrong part of the name. It's not about the professor part. It's about the awesome part. It's that I have the ability to be awesome, much like our guest today. But what I want to know, Kelly, is I know you, you kind of like, you, you talked a little bit about you were, you we're becoming a Wednesday warrior, as you put it. When did you realize that a job in comics was a thing that could happen? Because I know you were you were writing for comic book resources. I know you've written novels. Like when when did it crystallize that like writing a comic book could be something I could do? Well, you know, someone asked me this the other day about like, does your child self be like, oh yeah, I achieved my dream. I work for Marvel Comics, and I was telling them that. I don't, I don't know that I ever thought of it in those concrete terms, but as, and specific to like Marvel or DC or something, mm-hmm. I think I just wanted to make comics and, right. you know, I went, I went to SCAD, so I very much saw it as a job. I got a degree in sequential art. I very much saw it as, can I do this as a job? Um, but I didn't, I, I don't know. I never really... I don't know when it happened that I was like, okay, I'm going to try to break in to mainstream comics and I'm going to try to let Marvel hire me or DC hire me or something. I think I was just in my mind, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just make weird indie comics that, you know, nobody reads. Like I did a daily comic strip on my blog for a while back in the early, I don't know, 2007 to 2009 or something like that. I probably, when I really started to think about maybe I could break in, at, at Marvel or DC was probably when I was writing for CBR um, because at that point I was pretty in that world. I mean, I was like a one foot inside it kind of thing. And it seemed right. a little more like a, a, a reality that I could achieve. But like, even as a kid, when I was writing scripts and drawing characters and doing all that stuff, and and I suppose in some big way in my mind, I thought, oh yeah, somebody, someday I get to write those things. But, you know, I was always mostly doing my own characters. I didn't like write Rogue and Gambit scripts. Mm-hmm. I like wrote my own, you know, like really bad knockoffs of the X-Men, <laughs> right? Like, um, 
maybe I could have had an image book if I was old enough. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's like a mean joke. I love image and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the image 90s stuff is super fun. And there was yeah, no, yeah. there was no bigger fan of like Wildcats and Gen 13. And also I think the highly underrated Strike Force that yes. spun out of Cyber Force, but Strike Force was the better book in my opinion. But, um, you know, it's like a lot of those characters, you know, we look back and we're like, oh yeah, that's someone who wanted to write Wolverine, but wanted to do it their own way and I was doing that too like as a teenager rather than just writing Rogue and Gambit and so I don't know if that was because writing Rogue and Gambit just seemed like too high a bar you know Mm -hmm. or or what I, I don't know what that was like in my mind but that was sort of how it gelled together eventually so speaking of Rogue and Gambit and you know, uh, uh, some of the other Marvel properties that you write, can you take us back and talk about how, how you broke into Marvel? Like, like, what was it like and what led up to the day that you got that call that you would be working for Marvel in you know, writing Deadpool, Captain Marvel? Well, to this day, I'm not really sure if I got the call to do the Secret Wars miniseries that I co-wrote with um, Kelly Sue DeConnick. I'm not sure if that was because... I had gone through all these channels and it's a very long process, but I had finally gotten a pitch into them for Hawkeye Investigations, which eventually became my Hawkeye book. And I know that Sana had that, Sana Amanat had that, but I I don't know if it was like she liked the pitch and she suggested bringing me on or if it was Kelly Sudeconic, who I knew a little bit, like, you know, through the internet and had been very helpful in making a couple introductions for me to other editors, um, not at Marvel, but some other places and, and directly ended up or indirectly, I guess, led to me getting the gem job. So I don't know if that's how I got in or not. It might've been a combination of a few of those things. Um, and then, and then once you're in there, you just have to do good work and be on time and not be an asshole. And hopefully they keep giving you work, you know? See, see, my plan is to eventually come up with the best origin story for the Condiment King and get hired on at DC. <laughs> yeah, it's a great plan. Cool. Um, that's really, that's really, that's a really great story, Kelly, that I didn't actually know. And it's funny because I think we we overlap barely at Marvel, where you were coming in as I was kind of coming out. But I remember when you started on the the Secret Wars stuff, and right away we were like, "Wow, this is this is a great new voice of somebody who's really gonna." contribute something so it's kind of cool to to hear the inside of the origin story oh that's awesome that's nice to hear i mean listen kelly sudeconic's magic is all over that miniseries but (laughs) um i there's i'm sure she would agree that as as happens when you've got a a younger inexperienced person working with a a really brilliant person like kelly sudeconic I mean, I did a lot of the grunt work on that. I did a lot of the breaking down of that arc and I wrote the first drafts and then like she came in and made them really sing, you know, um, and she and the initial idea and plot was all hers. So, uh, but it was a great experience and I was, you know, it was a lot like when I got called to do the Star Wars annual, you right. know, I did so much research and prep for that and it's like anything in comics, you know. Yes, I wanted to do a great job on that issue, but it was more about I knew I was auditioning to do more Star Wars stuff. And so, you know, that's com- that's what comics is. It's a constant audition for what your next thing might be. Even now, you know, someone sees you write something a certain way and they're like, oh, they might be a good fit for this, you know, and that's what you're always doing. That's so interesting to hear, guys. Stay tuned. We have more Kelly coming up here in just a bit, but we'll be right back. 
Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers, we've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. You got it that time. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back to The Other Identity, everyone. If you haven't already, make sure that you are following us over on social media. That is Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find myself at Robbie underscore Landis CP, Ben at Ben J-M-O-R-S-E, and Kelly, uh, your Twitter is, because I don't want to get it wrong. At 79 semifinalists. That's right, guys. So again, Kelly Thompson here, uh, currently writing for Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, Deadpool, Black Widow, Mr. and Mrs. X, a bunch of other great stuff that I have just recently started to dive into and in absolute love with. So Kelly, what we'd like to do now here, now that we have a little, you know, we've, we've gotten your background on how you got into comics, how you got into Marvel, we're going to get to know a little bit more about your tastes in comics here with a little bit of a sort of a lightning round. So don't feel like you have to answer these questions really fast, but they are going to come at you pretty fast. And we're going to start with... X-Men or Avengers? But I bet I already know the answer to this one. I feel like this is a softball. We still got yeah. it. It, it. It eases you into the process. I mean, ironically, I'm sort of more Avengers these oh, days. Oh, really? Well, well, because of the characters I'm writing sure. and the worlds That's I'm getting fair. to play in. But yeah, my heart is firmly rooted in X-Men. Like, that's where I was sort of... That's what I cut my teeth on. That's what my origin story is is full of, you know? All right, so going from the softball to a little bit more of a straight down the middle fastball. Uh, if you could write one DC character, who would it be? I mean, Batman. Yeah. Oh, that was a pretty easy <laughs> one. I, Why Batman? Everyone wants a crack at Batman. He's of course. One of, one of the greatest characters of all time. I mean, I have a lot of other characters like Cassandra Kane is a huge favorite for me. Big Barda is a big favorite. Wonder Woman, obviously, I want a piece of. Catwoman is fantastic, but you know, it's Batman. He's the big dog. Everyone wants to try it, see if you can do it. Plus, my favorite stories are detective stories. He's the greatest detective of all time. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. You know, uh, last episode, we actually talked a lot about uh, teen heroes and their place in comics. So, who do you think is the best teen hero in comics? Kate Bishop. I mean, (laughs) she's not a teen, I guess. That's a cheat, but I'm sticking by it. All right, so we've had an ongoing argument going back a few weeks now, and really it's been it's it's blown up on social media and everywhere else. But we need you to uh, we need to get your input on this, and that is who is the best Green Lantern? 
I mean, I like John Stewart. I, like, I like, I like Kyle. Like, the creativity of Kyle is sort right. of inge- ingenious. Um, but I, I still, I still got to go John Stewart. What, what, you, what are your thoughts on Hal though? Because that's really what we're yeah. trying to get at here. Where are you on the on the Hal uh, scale? I mean, Hal sucks. Yeah, oh, there we go, no. <laughs> Kelly. I'm so glad you came on today. Uh, thanks, Greg. Oh. No, we'll keep going. We'll do the rest of the interview. Oh. I, will I, mean, I, will- I mean, I mean, what's good about Hal is that he's different than so many heroes, right? Like he's an oil and water kind of character. He's not that great. And there's something fun about that as a reader and as a writer. So I can appreciate that, but I can't, I can't with a straight face. That, like, <laughs> I want, I, uh, Robbie, I hope you noted down the timestamp for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That one's going, that one's going out on social media for sure. Yeah. The interesting <laughs> thing is I feel like, and Kelly, you might be able to speak to this too, is like, I feel like because we're nineties kids, there's almost like that obligation to say Kyle, but we don't really mean it, but like, like you feel like you have to, is that, is that a thing? Just the idea of cat. I mean, maybe, maybe it's the timing. I was never a huge, I was never a huge, uh, Green Lantern reader is the real confession here. Um, <laughs> I, that's, that's not been a big, which is maybe weird. Cause I know Captain Marvel gets a lot of comparisons with Green Lantern sometimes, yeah. but um, I just think the idea of of the way the ring works and giving it to someone creative like sure. Kyle is a really brilliant idea. But I just still love John. He's yeah. just sort of, I don't know. He's I, It's also nice for someone to be sort of, you know, like I'm a big fan of Batman as sort of the dick Batman. Like he's a, not, not Dick Grayson, but like he's a dick. And, <laughs> and, and John Stewart has got some tones of that as well, which I, I enjoy in my characters. Sort of un- unapologetic. It, in case you guys missed it, the big takeaway here, Hal Jordan sucks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking of people who suck, Ben came up with this question. <laughs> so just so you know, uh, that's where this one came from. Who wins in a four-way fight between Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Jessica Jones, and Kate Bishop? Oh, I hate this question. I mean, <laughs> it's It's got to be Carol, but I hate that. That's... I mean, I, who listen. Are you, I, who are you rooting for? Oh, fuck <laughs> that question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. Um, that's a terrible question. Um, I listen for someone who just wrote a huge story arc that's all about Captain Marvel beating up other Avengers. <laughs> it's this is going to come off as really disingenuous, but I sort of hate the who would win conversation because. A, it's not, it's it's all based on our faves. It's all based on our emotional connection and our belief in a character being a certain way, right? But the bottom line is anyone can win on any given day with different circumstances. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's too many factors to know who would really win in those kind of scenarios. So I'm not a super fan of those questions. But, I mean, when you're talking about those characters, Kate Bishop has no powers i mean the power of being adorable and having sass is not a thing uh jessica jones has great power but she's a street level character you know sort of on her best day and um i can't even who was who was black widow black widow black widow is like the most dangerous woman in the world but like you know all carol has to do is like fly her up in a space and she can't breathe so (laughs) you know it's like it's got to be carol but i hate that question 
I, I, I do have to say, though, that was probably the best answer that anyone could have given. That was so great. And and I agree with you as well. I, I, I mean, we, we, Ben and I have talked about it before, but we hate when heroes have to go, like, at one another, especially in team dynamics. You know, we'd much rather see them working together and facing off against the villains. But I do have to say that when, when heroes do end up fighting each other for one way or another, for me... The important thing is, you know, again, as you said, what's the situation? Why are they fighting one another? Yeah. And, you know, the creative ways that that some writers have been able to set those up, honestly, goes a long, long way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm by no means the first or the last to, to try to bring an element of that to it. But that was a big point in The Last Avenger was for each fight that she had to really let the reader understand how she was approaching it. Like with Tony, she was like, I have to use his affection for me against him he's not going to want to hurt me so that's my advantage here you know um and and she had that for sort of everyone you know when she was fighting black panther she wasn't speaking because he clearly didn't know who she was and so she was like as long as he doesn't know who i am he can't fight me as effectively so i gotta keep quiet here until this is over you know there's, like, a, there's a little bit of batman kind of in there too in the way that he has a plan for everyone Yes, exactly. And oh. so Carol's like, I can't let on, you know? So so I try to really bake that stuff in as part of the reason she wins those fights. Because, you know, Captain Marvel can beat Thor on a Tuesday, and then Thor can beat her on Thursday. Like, it's, it, you know, these are incredible characters, and there's a million different circumstances, right? Did you That's intentionally say... Thursday for Thor, or was that just <laughs> happy accident? Just a happy accident. <laughs> All right, something else we've been doing on the show the last few weeks is we have an ongoing tournament for the most powerful Marvel villain. And as someone who is immersed in the Marvel Universe, you are uniquely qualified to tell us who is the most powerful Marvel villain. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, is it is it Galactus? Is it... We didn't use Galactus. We said Galactus is out of bounds. So we're thinking more okay. like straight up, this is a bad guy, not like a force of nature type character. Well, it's totally a cheat, but like, you know, Star's got the reality stone in her chest. That's no <laughs> bullshit. Like she could be a con she could be a contender. Um, you know, she's going up against Captain Marvel and Scarlet Witch and Black Order in her book, and those are that's no bullshit. So, I don't know. Gosh, who's the strongest? Um, who's the most powerful? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I you know, when you ask that question, you instantly start thinking of like the really big Thanos, right. and you know, but but when you take it down a notch, um, you know, and what are you using as your you know, is it is it Kingpin or or Osborn because of the the way they just endure? You know, they've got that sort of Lex Luthorian, Luthorian. I'm not saying that right. Um, you know they, that they they sort of never give up and it's very insidious and it's like they they control entire networks like you know a crime kingpin like how do you compare that against a guy who's really powerful but just wants to punch some superheroes you know i don't know all right yeah well yeah, I, I i i still love your answers though and uh, unfortunately star wasn't in our list but we'll have to make sure that she makes it well, in there who, uh, uh who, the next time currently so it currently was... where it is in the semifinals, uh there is loki going up against magneto and then ultron going up against thanos before they meet in the final 
All right. Well, so Thanos isn't out of bounds. So, I mean, yeah. I think I, I go Thanos. Yeah, I think that's 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 where we see this heading. Yeah. But uh, we definitely want to make things interesting. Maybe after I mean, we finish, we, we put Star up against Thanos. I mean, he's a, oh, she can't take Thanos. <laughs> 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 I mean, Thanos is a big enough deal that I thought he was out of bounds. You thought so. he was out of bounds. <laughs> I think that answers the question. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kelly, if you could spend a day with any comic book character, who would it be? Maybe She-Hulk. Oh, feel like that'd be really fun. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just love Jen. I, she, she seems like a good time. I can't argue with that one. All right, so here's here's a tougher one. Um, Robbie and I are are well known for our unpopular opinions and our terrible <laughs> hot takes. So we want to know what is the best comic book movie that everybody else hates, in your opinion. Oh, that's interesting. Best comic book movie that everyone else hates. Shoot, this is this is tough. So I feel like I don't like a bunch mm-hmm. that other people think are great. That would be uh, interesting to hear as well. Yeah, if you want to reverse the question, go for yep. it. So I hate Captain America First Avenger. I don't, I don't feel like that's that hot a take. I feel like a lot of people are like, that's not yeah. the best. I think people really like it because really? they do not like it when I say I don't like it. And, and look, <laughs> there's, there's a lot about it that I like, but it, mm. the first problem is it feels like two separate movies. Right. Uh, and the second thing is I think the effects are really distracting. And it's no one's fault. Effects are, you know, it's a... It's a limit you have to deal with, but the like skinny Steve stuff does not work for me at all. I can, um, I, I mean, honestly, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So the those couple things, like, there's great stuff in there, obviously, um, and I think Chris Evans is incredible in that role. And uh, I've forgotten her name, Haley Atwell. Peggy Carter, Haley Atwell. Yeah. She's incredible as well. So there's a lot of great stuff in there, but I don't. It doesn't work for me. I will never. Like there's no need to ever watch that again for me. I rewatched um, it with I rewatched it with my wife pretty recently, and our big takeaway, like our fantasy booking for it, was we said Steve and Peggy should not have actually like kissed. Like if they had not had them get together, and then they don't get together till literally the end of Endgame, and he missed out on that, we think it instantly is a better story. But that's my only problem with Endgame. Really? It's, well, that okay. doesn't that doesn't work. you're telling me you're telling you're telling me steve rogers went back in time to idyllically live out his life and all the bad things happening in the world he's captain america and he just sat around i think i think we just found our excuse to have kelly back on the show in the future that sounds like a discussion worth having all right we're almost done with the lightning round here two more to go what would happen if sabrina the teenage witch met deadpool oh oh dear (laughs) I feel like I feel like she'd probably try to fix him up, and maybe she could do that. Mm-hmm. Like like, like 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 both physically and emotionally. Oh no, no one can fix him emotionally. <laughs> um, that's 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 a that ship has sailed. But you know, uh, I don't think she's got the the magical power to cure cancer. But she could maybe do something so that like visually, you know, like there's an illusion, like having an image, in, like a magical image inducer or something mm-hmm. like i think i think she'd give him that gift and i i think deadpool has got a soft spot especially for for plucky young women you know he loves kate bishop he loves uh 
uh, Negasonic, like, uh, he likes Gwenpool, according to me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's good. Right on. All right. Well, last question we have for you, Kelly. Are you, let me preface this. Are you a gamer at all? N- no, because okay. I, I sort of love to be in an alternate yeah. reality I am, but in that alternate reality, I don't ever write anything. Nothing gets turned in. <laughs> that's, so. that, that, that's, I can attest to that. Games definitely cut into the writing time. I mean, I do, I do some stupid mobile gaming, and even that gets in my way because it's just so easy to turn your brain off and be like, let's just do this instead. So, yeah. So let's finesse the question a little bit and ask okay. if you could have a favorite game, like a favorite video game, uh, what do you think it would be? If you if you had the time, I mean, it would definitely be one of the one of the those incredibly well done effects first person shooter games mm-hmm. where you're where you're all online together and like it feels like a community. You feel like you're fighting your friends or working with your friends. Like one of those. Oh, she ones. would be right at home with Overwatch. I bet. Yeah, Overwatch. That's that's definitely one of the big contenders there for sure. All right. Well, Kelly has been our guest here today on The Other Identity. Kelly, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And uh, I'm sorry to both Norris and Arun, but I think you might have just taken the top spot as my favorite guest of all time. Not even a question. Yeah, no, she was far and away the best guest we've ever had. And uh, I have no apologies for Norris. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. Thank you. Is there some, do I get mailed some kind of certificate? Because I hope so. We're going to look into that. Absolutely. You deserve a certificate for that, for sure. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, as we said, you are welcome back on the show anytime. Uh, and especially if we're going to talk some uh, Infinity War or Endgame endings, we will definitely have you back for that. Kelly, thank yes. you so much. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, that's going to be it for the Other Identity, guys. Remember to tune in next time. Same Other Identity time, same Other Identity channel.